and thank you so much for joining us again. It is the Nightly Pleasures Podcast, episode number 36. I'm your host, The Grey Knight, and tonight, a little bit of shaking it up. The first piece is about a woman who's in love with two men, one light, one dark, and they both give her everything she needs, but maybe, sometimes, what you really, really want is to be fucked in a bathroom. I give you an excerpt of Alessandra Torres' Sex, Love, Repeat. In the fine restaurant, my fingers steal under the tablecloth, reaching over and gripping Stuart's leg. My fingers deftly slide up his thigh, his hand catching mine, eyes shooting a questioning look in my direction. He coughs gently, breaking eye contact as he glances to the woman on his right. That's correct, Beth. With quarterly projections where they're at, there should be no need for additional debt. He listens to her response, his hand firm on mine, keeping me at bay. But I need him. When the conversation turns away from him, he leans over, plants a soft kiss on my neck, and whispers in my ear, Do you need something? Yes, you. Now. It's an unfair request, one I shouldn't make, but I am panting for him. I will not make it through this four-hour dinner. I need release, need firm hands digging into my skin, his mouth on mine, cock inside of me. He studies me, a war going on behind those eyes, his glance flitting around the table and then down at his watch. He leans forward again, close enough that I can smell his scent, the masculinity crawling across the table and robbing me of rational thought. Call him. I pull back, confused, his hand cupping the back of my head, keeping me close to him. What? Who? Him. Call him. Have him take care of you. I can't leave. There is only one him in our life. I try to process his words, spoken without anger or light, in a serious, I'm-not-fucking-around tone. I shake my head, his eyes sharpening at my reaction, his hand pushing my own down on his cock. His voice rasps in my ears, thick with arousal and authority. I want it, Madison. I want him to fuck you in the powder room while I sit here with these suits. I want you to come back to this table with his cum inside of you. I see the flicker of excitement in his eyes and realize the truth of his words. Seriously? I whisper, almost afraid to voice the question. He slides my hand down, letting me feel the hard ridge of his arousal. It is pushing at his pants, his excitement unquestionably hard. Call him now. I sit there for a moment, the hum of conversation muting as my mind possesses this new avenue. My need moans between my legs, 
its intensity doubled by Stuart's words, by the twitch of him that proved his sincerity. I excuse myself and step away, pulling out my phone, and watch the dark gleam in Stuart's eyes, a sexy smile crossing his lips. He is serious. I dial's Paul number, biting my lower lip, and step further away from the table. A moment later I return, and try to pay attention to the conversation, try to eat my salad, and smile politely, nod appropriately. But I am waiting, my legs jiggling nervously. Twenty minutes later, when my phone buzzes, I stand and excuse myself from the table. False concern crosses Stuart's features as he rises to escort me to the door. Have him fuck you hard, he bites out, pulling me into his body with sudden aggression. And whatever he doesn't take care of, I will. He squeezes my ass hard enough to sting my panties already soaked. I grip my purse tightly and step out of the restaurant into the hotel lobby and head for the restroom. I knock gently at the unisex door. It's me. My voice croaks on the last word. This is the closest my two worlds have ever come to colliding, Stuart and Paul, my dark and my light. My dark, now seated, surrounded by finery, listening attentively to talks of profit and loss, his cock hard, hidden underneath fine linens and discussions of intellect, and my light, swinging the door open and pulling me inside, slamming it close behind me and flipping the latch. No words spoken, his hands thrust me back, his mouth greedy on mine, as he tastes champagne on my tongue, our need thick in the air. I reach for him, my hand running down his worn tee and grip the top of his jeans. He has not dressed up for his entrance into this hotel, and I love the contrast. His messy hair to Stuart's combed, five o'clock shadow to clean-shaven, the smell of sweat to cologne. He pulls back, releasing me, wiping a hand over his mouth. His eyes take a slow tour of my body. Look at you, he whispers, dressed up like you're a good girl. He slides my dress up, the expensive fabric stiff, staying where it is put, the black peep of lace panties exposed. I stay still, my back against the wall, legs slightly forward and spread a few feet apart, my chest heaving, my need gripping me. I watch him zip his pants and pull out his cock. Suck it. On your knees, in this bathroom. Suck my cock while your boyfriend sits at the table. There is an edge to his voice, an anger that is not normally present, an emotion that turns my easygoing Paul into something darker, sexier. I love it. Love the bite in his voice, the possession in his hands as he grips the back of my head and pulls me fully onto his cock. He thrusts into my mouth, his eyes on mine, the connection between us unbroken as he fucks my throat, growling with every pump, the fire in his eyes making the need between my legs almost painful 
in its intensity. I pull him off, gasping for breath, his arms pulling me to my feet before I even speak, his arm pinning me to his body as his other hand wraps around, slides underneath the edge of the dress, and squeezes my ass. Hard. So hard I gasp, his eyes tight on mine, as he releases it, running his fingers down the crack of my ass and fingering the channel of my sex, covered in lace. His fingers run back and forth over the spot, a grin stretching across his face at the dampness there. Is that for me or him? I don't answer, reaching between our bodies and fist his cock, wrapping my hands tightly around it, every vein in the organ outlined in the rigidity of his arousal. Answer me, Maddie. Answer me while I fuck you right here, while I make you scream so loud the people walking by will hear. Make me, I whisper, a challenge in my tone. His hand tightens around my waist at my words, his eyes holding mine with a fierce look as he listens to my words. Make me scream your name while he conducts his business. Make me your slut, right here and now, and send me back to him with your cum dripping out of me. He groans, push me back against the wall, spreading my legs with his knees. He reaches down with both hands, grips my panties, and pulls, ripping the sheer fabric with one strong jerk. Then his body is back against me, his chest hard to mine, his bare cock rough and bobbing at my entrance, pushing for and then finding the wetness of my sex and pushing inside. Jesus, he groans, shoving upward, his hard thighs pinning me to the wall, his hands yanking at my straps, pulling my cashmere cardigan off my shoulders and jerking the top of my dress down. He thrusts again, his thighs relaxing and then flexing, every fuck bouncing me back against the wall, his hands clasping my breasts, squeezing them into his palms. Make me scream, I grit out, my eyes on his. They are tortured blue, cloudy with arousal, latent with need. You know that he fucked me? Before we came here? I straddled his cock and rode him, his hands rough on my skin, his cock taking my body. He was inside me, Paul, right where you are now. He roars, his voice raw and primal, pushing me against the wall, losing control as he slams against me faster and faster, until my body becomes a shaking sea of desire, my core rattled, breath gasping, his thrusts urgent and dominant, his breath ragged, his hands finding my face and bringing my mouth to his. You are mine. He guts out, pumping into me, the length and level of his arousal brutal. Mine, he swears, as he releases my mouth and turns me around, pushing me forward as he yanks my legs back, one hand hard 
on my back, the other gripping my ass. He doesn't slow the movement, giving me full, hard thrusts, my breasts bouncing from on top of my dress, the mirror above the sink, giving me a full view of my slutdom. Like what you see? His words are terse, thick. He is conflicted, but from the level of his erection, fully aroused at the same time, his speed increasing, his breath loud in the small space. He like being fucked while he's in the next room. I don't answer. My climax too close. Every muscle in my body tightening in anticipation of the act, throbbing and contracting around him, his eyes closing briefly at the sensation. God, Maddie, you are so fucking good. He pulls out abruptly, leaving me gasping, my chest aching as I turn to him, feeling his hands before I fully move. They shove me back, wrapping around my waist and lifting me, setting me on the low counter of the sink and pulling me to the edge. He jacks himself, looking at my pussy, at the swollen pink lips of my sex, then glances up to meet my eyes. He steps forward, pressing himself at my base, pushing my chin up when he sees me glance down. Look at me. Look at me and tell me what he did to you. Tell me what he did and make me come all fucking up inside you. I close my eyes at his first thrust, the angle different, better. It's in the brush of my G-spot. He sat me on his lap in the same dress? Those panties? The ones you ripped to shreds? I wasn't wearing those when I first saw him, because I knew he'd take me as soon as he could. He pulls out of me, my eyes catching sight and gluing to the image of my wet lips sliding around his cock. His hands tighten on my ass as he pushes deeper, dragging his cock in and out of me in long, deep strokes. My voice catches at the look in his eyes, the intensity of his arousal. All playfulness is gone. The man before me, he is Stuart, but with different features. Their similarities never more present than right now, and I gasp when he fully buries himself inside. More, he groans. Tell me more. His strokes roughened, increasing in speed, his competitiveness lighting a fire in my belly. God, Paul, you have no idea how good his cock feels in me, how deep he goes when I straddle him and fuck him hard, how he whispers my name when I take every inch of him. He roars, pulling me to the far edge of the sink, thrusting deeper and harder than he ever has, his mouth roughly taking my own, his tongue marking, branding, and drinking from my mouth. I push against his chest, my own body breaking in his arms, the orgasm whirling through me, my words tumbling out as I shudder with pleasure in his arms, his pace never slowing. His cries join my own. The hot spread of liquid pumped deep 
with his conch. His name repeated over and over as he finally, with one final shuddering thrust, empties himself inside me. And wasn't that some hot fun action? Once again, that was Alessandra Tora, that's T-O-R-R-E, in an excerpt from Sex, Love, Repeat. Up next, a second author, this time reading their own piece for the first time on the podcast. It's an excerpt from James Gray, and the piece is entitled Escort in Training. It's quite a collection of outfits that gathers on the lawn alongside the chessboard. There's leather and plastic, robes and miniskirts, a cape and a cloak, some very high heels. Well, you can always trust a bunch of girls to get into the spirit of fancy dress. If this was a test of our creativity and daring, I'd say we've all done well, although our stuffed wardrobes certainly make that easy. I stare at Sarah. She's not been granted leave to dress yet. Someone has used body paint on her instead. Strategically. Only her sex and breasts have been spared the black brush. It's compelling. Then I notice the gentleman. Most of the faces are familiar to me by now. I try to stop myself seeking out one in particular. But it's only a moment before I notice him. Rupert, like all the others, is resplendent in a creamy white dress suit. The men are identically tailored down to their red pocket handkerchiefs and silver cufflinks. To a man, they look like they're on their way to one extremely exclusive wedding reception. They ignore us as we gather and continue to mingle amongst themselves. They help themselves to drinks, mostly of the sparkling variety, from an immaculately laid outside table where Wilfred is in attendance. Miss Jillings calls us together and hands us bottles of water. She instructs us all to drink. I can feel electricity brewing already. Finally, Miss Jillings sets us up. Most of us fill the second row on our side of the board. It's a long time since I've played chess, but I surmise we must be pawns. And then it finally dawns on me while we're all dressed in black. The girls are all on one team. My square is near the edge of the board. We're all told to stand upright, hands in front of us, with our legs slightly apart. Alicia, Carrie and Simon are given roles as knight, rook and bishop respectively. But the last five places on our team are taken by women I don't recognise. Generally they seem a little older and wiser. Beautiful, of course. They seem unperturbed by the mystery of it all and share jokes amongst themselves as they assemble. The uncertainty in our trainee group is palpable though. Even Alicia and Latifa are quiet as the men take their places. Apart from the morning showers on day one, when we were all too shocked to have any thoughts at all. This is the first time our group has faced a collective new challenge. Maybe I imagine it, but for once I seem to feel a blanket of solidarity over us as we contemplate the two ranks of white suits before us. All of us. I don't think any of us wish it on any of the others to be the first to have to make a move. And what happens when one of us is... taken? At last we're all in place. A voice cries out for a pawn to advance, and Robert takes two paces forward in the middle of the board. I start in the direction of the sound. It's our mysterious daily waker. Not for the first time this week, he's lording it over us in an elevated position, 
this time a chair on the terrace, and I haven't noticed. Looks like he's calling the shots for the white team. As for Team Black, well, none of us get to say. There's another equally authoritative-looking man sitting next to Waker Guy. I'm pretty sure I haven't seen him around the house before. He decides where and when we will move. In effect, we're just actors in a giant game between two overgrown boys. What kind of a thrill are they getting out of making us their puppets? It's not long before I find out. I'm quickly plunged into one of the most shocking afternoons of my life. Incredible and indelible. If there were any inhibitions in this setup before now, they take a pounding today. I can't imagine a more intense test for our group, or a better bonding exercise. I watch, mouth agape, as the first capture is made. Their night, a balding man with a cigar in his mouth, takes our pawn Carol. She awaits her fate with admirable courage. She must know the eyes of nearly forty people are locked on her as she goes limp and lets him pull her skimpy dress off her shoulders, dropping it to the floor. She must know we're fascinated and powerless and riveted as she follows his instructions to bend over in nothing but her heels. Not ten yards away from me, on a bright afternoon in an English country garden, the oriental beauty is vigorously fucked in the middle of the chessboard. I doubt she comes, but she whimpers and cries out as he gets closer and then releases into her. Then, bent over with her eyes closed and breathing heavily, she's given her marching orders. She gathers up her clothing and walks off the board, white liquids streaming down her legs. Her expression is blank. My heart starts to thud at the thought that I could be next. Once again, that was James Gray in his own voice reading Escort in Training. Please do check it out if you liked that excerpt. Coming up next, it is the original piece of the podcast, and it does have some derogatory language attached, some spoken directly at you, the listener. So please, be advised and cautious. But for everyone else who's going to proceed, just a fair warning, the name of the piece is I Own You. I think maybe, recently, I've been a little lax. I haven't been the man that I should be around you, so here I am, now, ready. And I apologize to you, the one that I am supposed to shepherd, the one that I am supposed to guide. I know that you come to me for that. I know that I have been negligent, and I will make it up to you. But first... But first, I'm going to take what's mine. Do you know what's mine? Do you know what belongs to me in the whole and harshness of my breath and being? It's anything. It's everything. It's whatever I fucking want when I fucking want it. And right now, I want you to feel the fucking power dripping from me. Did you always think I was going to be some mealy-mouthed little boy, whistling and begging, golly-goshing my way from one 
proclivity to the next. Let me make it perfectly clear. Let me say it in such a way that it will seep down into you and will be a lesson that you will not forget any time soon. I can have just about any fucking woman I want. Look around and compare yourself and feel yourself inadequate. That's right, the opposite of everything I've told you to do over and over and over again. And you know why? Because for once, you're going to give me my goddamn due. You're going to give me everything. You're not going to make me fight for it. You're not going to bat your eyes. You're going to offer it. Still, I wonder. Does it turn you on the way it turns me on? The idea that at any given moment, I could turn my attention to another woman and leave you stranded. What does their attention do to you, I wonder? How much should we drag it out of you? Should you be forced to watch? To listen? Will you be a good little girl and stand by while I get my feel? Hmm. I think you would. I think you'd want to fight it. I think you hate the very idea. But hating the idea, that doesn't mean much to me. Not with everything I can do, not with everything I do. Because you will be mine. And I will do with you as I please. And that is the level of control that you come to me for over and over and over again. You really thought when I was unleashed upon this world, when I could go anywhere, everywhere, then I'd still come back to you? Is that what you thought? That I'd do it merrily, that nothing would change, and that it would be so easy? Hmm. But part of you must have known that wouldn't be the case. You've seen my cock swell and grow just like my head has, and it tells me more and more and more. And that's exactly what I want. So you, right now, you're going to come for me. You're going to come for me and show me that you're worth it. That nothing has changed between us. Even with all of the different circumstances, you are mine. Don't you love it? Don't you love proving it? Don't you love giving yourself up to me in the way that I demand? Say yes. Say that you love it. Say that you love it. Now we're going to get right into the thick of things today. Because the very truth of the matter is, I am too fucking hard and hot and horny to hold back. Even right now, you give me what I want, or you will be discarded. 
Do you know how far and free I could be without you? Do you know how lucky you are just for this amount of attention? You are a slut for me. You are a whore for me. You do what I say. Spread your legs. Say thank you. Say thank you. Spread those legs all the way goddamn open. And even now, I tingle. And I want you, just you, so badly. Favorite toy or fingers, I don't give a goddamn. I just need them to push into you right this second, slowly, easily. I want you to imagine that I've been away for some time, and that it's just me and you. And after all this time apart, the last week or maybe ten days before I see you again, I give you a text. Don't come. Don't play with yourself. Because I want that pussy as ready, as tight, as it can goddamn be for me. Just like that. And even if you expect me to tear down the door, throw you into my lab and push into you from behind. I wouldn't, because I love the feeling of opening you up, that tight little pussy up, when it hasn't played with me for a long time, and I want to stretch it out, just like I want to stretch you out. So it would be slow, pushing slow for me, say thank you. Really relish it. Really feel that pussy opening up for me. And it's about now I wonder, if you wonder, how can a man who says such cruel things, how can a man who just told me that I needed to do this for him or else, how can a man who talks about other women make me do these things, turn me on so much? And the answer is, because I am a goddamn master. I don't have to be your master to be one. I've practiced enough, and I'm tired of being shy, and you have no fucking idea just how much of a monster I become, just when I'm happy, satisfied, when there's no self-loathing in me. Ugh. That's when I want to shove my cock into you until you can no longer take it. I want to destroy that fucking pussy. I want you to cry for me. I want you whimpering and just fucking sobbing. Because even though it's over, you want some more and some more and some more. It's the second best thing to actually having me. You ask so often, what's it like to actually have me, to ride me, to be there? And it's very simple. Here's the simplest story I can give you. Each and every woman, each and every last one 
that I coaxed into my bed, that I coaxed on top of my cock. Each and every one swayed their hips and closed their eyes and rolled around in ecstasy, stopped, needed a breath, needed a rest, with my cock still inside them, and then started again, every last one. Most come the first time, and then go back for a second or third, but each and every last one who gets on top of this clock wants more and more and more, and they have my entire goddamn life, and that's why when I am fucking feeling it, like I am fucking feeling it, you need to give me everything, everything you have. Push into that pussy as deep as you can take it, as deep as you can take it, not to the edge of where you like it, all the way in. I want you to feel that struggle. I want you to have that empty feeling filled. Isn't that what I'm here for? Isn't that what you use me for? To fill the void? To pass the time? Well, now it's time to fucking use you like you use me. My cock is fucking rigid, and you're going to get me off. And the only way that you can do that from there is to devote yourself. Say that you don't deserve it. Say that it's not yours, but you still want it. Say that you'll try your hardest, that you'll try as hard as those other girls that catch my eye. Say that you will do it. Come on now. We're playing for keeps. I've treated you well and well enough, but I've seen the world, and I know it's out there, and that is why you have never had a fuck like me. Because when I take you back, to the pitch black of my bed and hold you like you're the only woman in the world. You will know that I have something to compare that to. You are such a fucking slut for me. You cannot even remotely help yourself. Even now you're going faster without me ever telling you to. Hell, I never told you to stop pushing it so deep, but you, in your arousal, in your need to fill up, you couldn't help yourself, can you? Can you, you fucking whore? No. God, how I want to punish you for that. Maybe I will. Maybe after I get off. Do you want to imagine it right now where I'm sitting? I am fucking hunched over, leaning forward, eyes narrowed, bracing myself against the desk with my left hand and fucking my cock with the right. You have no idea how tiny you would feel against me. I don't want to hear shit about your height or your weight 
or how big you feel in any other moment. When daddy is fucking you, you become Thumbelina. You become nothing but an extension of his cock. And you goddamn love it. Fuck yourself harder. Harder for me. Harder for me. I'm already lightheaded. And it's a fantastic sensation because I know as soon as I come, I'm going to be in a lot of goddamn trouble. But that's okay. Because I want you to get the real experience today. This is what it's like when the Grey Knight is happy and fulfilled and satisfied. This is what it's like when the Grey Knight is fucking you. He comes like a natural disaster. And he roars in your goddamn ear. So earn it. Fuck yourself harder for me. Fuck yourself harder for me. Fuck yourself harder for me, you goddamn whore. Come on. It's all you're good for. It's all you're good for. It's all you're good for. Fucking say it. It's all you're good for. Fucking say it. Fucking say it. <sighs> you want this? Huh? You want this? You want me so fucking close? You want this in your fucking ear? You want this come all over and inside you? Fucking earn it. Come for me. Come for me. Come for me right now. Right now. Right fucking right now. Right now. Right fucking now. said, way too lightheaded, but worth it. for it. It's only because of the idea of you that I could ever come anywhere close to that, and that's the truth. So don't be too upset, just because sometimes I need to be very aggressive. You bring that out of me, and I think it's a great thing. And I hope you agree. I hope you're not too sour with me for saying that you're a slut or a whore for me. I can't help it. I just know it. I know it in my bones. As easy as the sun will rise tomorrow. And I wish... I very much wish that I could hold you close to me right now and play with your skin, draw little doodles over it, just little patterns on your back and shoulder, 
and just have a real good time with you, holding you close, until it was time to pull you back to me, put my lips to your ear, and tell you that it was time for you to be whatever I needed or wanted again, because I fucking own you. <laughs>